Hey friend, welcome back to an all new episode of the A Wife Like Me podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Davison, and I'm so glad to be here. We are in a series on communication, just raw, unedited, no music, just me with you. So welcome back. If you did not listen to last week's episode, go back and do that. We talked about the first key to experiencing healthy communication and really just connection in marriage. Um, this is really based off of different messages I've been receiving lately. I receive it, I mean, all throughout the year, but sometimes there are different themes that come up in different seasons. And so we're hitting back on this series because I've been hearing from many of you that, you know, why is this just so hard? It seems like any interaction we have in our marriage is difficult. Like what's going on? We can't even communicate really, it seems. So that's why we're diving into this. And in full transparency, I'm frustrated right now because I just recorded this whole episode and then accidentally deleted it. <laughs> so this is my second time diving into this. I was tempted to be like, ah, they don't even care. They don't need to hear this, right? Like they're fine. And I was like, no, pretty sure the enemy wants to steal any joy that could come from this and therefore, I'm saying, no way. And we're going to talk about it again. I'm re-recording it because I love you. And so uh, I just, yeah, like this is so good, you guys. This is so needed. And, you know, so many times when I am, you know, chatting with couples, helping couples walk through hard things, it's so crazy to me how often simply going to these things that we're talking about just is all that was needed. Like so often these things feel like big things because sometimes they are. And then sometimes it's like, oh my land, I just, my heart needed this adjustment. Our hearts needed these adjustments and then we're good again. Like we can actually talk about this in a different way. So, okay. So last week, go back, listen to that. If you haven't, we talked about the root problem, like identifying what the problem is because so many times we can actually... When we do that, when we're like, why am I irritated? Oh, okay. When I sit down and actually think about that, it's because I haven't been sleeping maybe. Okay. And then we can go to our spouse and be like, P.S. I've been so crabby because I'm, I'm not sleeping. I think I need to go see the doctor. I think I, I don't know. I think something, I don't know, like we need to figure something else out or something, right? It can be as simple as I'm irritated with you because when you left the car out in the driveway knowing that I had to leave in the morning and blah, 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 it made me feel like you didn't care. And then your spouse can respond and be like, oh, I didn't know that. you, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. It can be that simple in an ideal world, right? But sometimes it's not. So here's the next key to experiencing healthy communication, healthy just connection and being like united in marriage. Okay. There has to be a willingness to engage with these three things. So there has to be a willingness to engage. Whenever I see an unwillingness in one of these three areas, then we then we're going to talk about that, okay? So these are the three areas. We need to be willing to engage our spouse with a heart of unity, humility, and a desire to grow. Okay. So first, a heart of unity, being on the same team. If one or both spouses are unwilling to acknowledge and to have a heart posture of being on the same team, 
sister, I don't care what you're going to talk about. It's not going to go well. <laughs> okay. You could talk about a pair of socks. Like I've told you one time, a, a, um, chicken nuggets sent my husband and I to the counselor. Okay. Like, come on. Was it the chicken nugget? No. Okay. So one or both spouse, when we forget and do not have a heart of unity, being on the same team, we're, we're then against each other. If we're not for each other, we're against each other. Okay. So this is the, I, I believe the very first way the enemy loves to get into your marriage is to twist your mind into thinking and then believing, cause you're going to agree with that. As soon as you agree with it, then you believe it that you and your husband are on a different, like you're not for each other. And sometimes if we're honest, it feels like they're not, or we're not. And so that's helpful to know. It's always helpful to know. So then we can do something about it, right? But we read in Romans chapter 15, verse 5 and 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude. I'm going to say give you and your husband the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. When we approach our spouse with this type of heart posture, that my goal is simply to unite, like in marriage, like I, my goal is to be on the same team, then we are able to then approach each other with a heart that feels very different than one that's against each other. We want to glory, like the whole point in marriage is not for us to be super happy all the time. Not that that's not a byproduct of following Jesus in our marriages, but the goal, if goal, if the goal is our happiness, we are going to run ourselves ragged and be miserable in the process trying to find that because as soon as we don't, we're going to be upset. Versus if our goal is to glorify God and then through that honor this marriage he's given us and believe that he is good enough to know who we were supposed to marry, then I want to be united in this marriage. And so when both spouses have this heart posture of I am for you, I am on your team, our goal here is not for me to be right. Our goal here is to glorify God and be united together, connected together intimately, not for one of us to be right in this. Then things get a whole lot easier, okay? The second piece to this, this, this heart willingness to engage our spouse is to be willing to engage them with a heart of humility. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 reads, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. We've heard this before. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do nothing for your own betterment. Rather, in humility, value others. Value your husband above yourself. This does not mean, P.S., that you do not value your own feelings or experience. It means you value them. And I think it's so fascinating because why did, why did we need to hear this? It's like, because we can get stuck in our own lane, valuing ourselves and us 
being right and our experience and our feelings and what we believe is right and what we believe actually happened and how they said it and blah, 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 that we forget that while we can, you know, acknowledge our own experience and feelings above and beyond that, as followers of Jesus, we are to value them, our husbands above us. And so we value their experience. We value their input. We value their perspective. We value why they did what they did, why they said what they said, why they forgot that, why they didn't mean to blah, 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 or why they chose that. We value their input and their experience and their feelings as well. And it's just so easy to forget this. And so if we want to feel connected in our marriages, if we want to feel connected with our husbands, we've got to approach them with a heart that values their experience. Even if they did hurt us, even if they whatever did or said whatever they said, I value understanding what led to that. I value hearing your heart about that. I value listening to your reason for that. And that is not easy and that's not natural. But when we talk about connecting and communicating in marriage, it requires us to humbly approach each other. And so also this part of humility looks at our own selves in a way of potentially just being wrong and owning our part in it. You know, if if your husband and you are both or one of you is not able to humbly own your stuff and your part in anything that's going on, it's going to be hard. You're going to feel disconnected. And one of my favorite episodes that we've done is episode one, and it's the two words that can save your marriage. And it's very simple. It's, I'm sorry. Like fully owning your part is so healing in marriage and it connects you in marriage like nothing else can really. I mean, there's a lot of other things that can, but when you own, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry for that. Even if, again, like if you had any part in that to do, and I teach my kids this, like even if, you know, Billy took your notebook and that was wrong of Billy to take your notebook, You also, Jonathan, you know, threatened him before he took his notebook and that is not healthy. And so to repent of that is the goal, like to own that part. I don't care what you still did that. And so like even just teaching our kids, it's such a, it's such an interesting thing because for us adults, it's like no one really taught us how to own our stuff own our part in it. And so even if my husband was completely wrong for, I don't know, embarrassing me and and telling a story I preferred he wouldn't have told in front of our friends or something, even if that was completely wrong of him, my response to him in that moment also wasn't healthy, right? Or something, right? I'm just like thinking of different examples, but to own, or, or if, you know, even if my husband did something that was hurtful, I still spoke to him in a way that was disrespectful after he did that. And I'm sorry for that. You know, like I'm, that's, I'm not proud of that. And I'm sorry. I wish I'm sorry for making you feel that way. I I wish I wouldn't have done that. And I'm sorry, I hurt you. Like to own our stuff. So that humility is essential when we're coming into marriage 
desiring to be connected and to be able to communicate without there being like gloves on, we've got to have a heart of humility. Then the last part is being willing to, you know, come into marriage with a desire to grow both individually and as a couple. One of the things that I ask couples, I go through exactly what we're talking about. Like, Hey, you know, I, I, I look for like these kind of red flags of like, Oh, I, you know, it feels like you're being prideful in that and not owning your stuff or whatever. I go through these things. One of them is this desire to grow. If I, if I recognize or feel like one or both spouses are not, are approaching their marriage, feeling like there's no hope, I'll simply ask, do you believe your husband or your wife can change? Do you believe they can grow in in certain areas? And I'll wait to see what they say. And I'll be like, do you believe your marriage can get better? If if both spouses both answer yes, that's a funny statement. If both spouses answer yes to both questions, there we go then I know we're on a, in a good place. Like, yes, I believe that they can, that they have a heart to grow that's humbly submitted to the Lord and they want to grow. And I believe that our marriage can get better. Here's what I see. When I see one spouse that has an answer that's no to either of those questions, it is very difficult for them to engage in marriage in a way that's connecting because they have a negative, hopeless view of either their spouse or the potential that their marriage has or lack of potential that their marriage has. So, and again, you know, a disclaimer to all of what we're talking about, you can't make your your spouse do these things. You cannot make your spouse have a heart of humility. You can't make him have a heart that's on the same team that's for you. You can't make him want to, you know, desire that you can grow. You can't, you can't make him do that, but you yourself can. What I love about the Apostle Paul, he came to this group of people in in the Bible and he was telling them about a different way of living. He was telling them that there's this other way, that there's this other group of people who are following the way, Jesus, and they, their lives look completely different. Paul was saying. And so he was describing and sort of like defining these people, like how they live, what it looks like to follow Jesus. And in Ephesians 5 uh, verse 21, he is saying to them that this group of people, this is what it looks like. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. He's saying all as believers, as followers of Jesus, Love looks like submitting to one another because of your love, your awe, your wonder of Christ. And so this beautiful picture of submission is one that is really one that says, I believe that there is something more important than myself and I'm willing to come under that. And so it's this beautiful picture of the, of the gospel of what Jesus did on the cross for us, for you, because he loves you. It's this beautiful headship of the church that Jesus displayed on the cross where he comes under us, where he lays his life down in complete and utter 
love and surrender of his own self for the betterment of us so that we could live in relationship with God the Father. And so that when God looks at us, he looks at us with the the righteousness of Jesus and not our own sin. And so this beautiful picture of submission that Paul is talking about is one that says, you know what, I could be wrong here. It says, you know, I'm pretty sure that I, I've, I don't know, but I'm willing to look at these hard places in myself and I'm willing for the betterment of us, for the betterment of you, I'm willing to come under and, and trust in God and, and let him seek my heart in that. And like, it's this beautiful picture. And I love that Paul is sort of saying to us in marriage in this is that this is what it looks like to live loved. This is what it looks like in a marriage to approach each other with this, the beauty that God really designed us to experience in a marriage, in an ideal marriage where both spouses are seeking the Lord. It's this picture of submission of like, my husband calls it a submission competition. It's like, no, I, no, I want you to have that. No, I want you to experience that. No, I want you to. And it's, what, what it's ultimately saying is that I am so willing for God to refine myself um, that I'm willing to be wrong in this. I'm willing to um, lay down that need to be right. I'm willing to lay down and crucify my, my mouth and my heart and my, like I'm willing to give everything because of the gospel message, including my need to be fill in the blank in my marriage. And that's this beautiful picture Paul was explaining. And he was trying to say to these people that didn't know God, he was trying to say, look, this is the beauty of what it looks like when we follow Jesus. These people are mutually submissive to one another because of their love for Jesus. And so when we talk about marriage and our our ability to connect and to communicate in marriage and to experience healthy intimacy in marriage, we've, we've got to have a heart that says, I believe that you can grow. I believe, I believe I want to grow. I believe that we can have a better marriage, that it's possible without that communication in marriage is going to be pretty hard, pretty dismal, pretty negative, and you're not going to feel connected in marriage. And so the whole point really for, for all of this that in this series that we're talking about these different keys is for us to be able to become uh, better stewards of what God has given us. He's given us this marriage, this story to tell the world who he is by the way we love each other in marriage. And oftentimes when things are, they seem so hard, so big. If we are able to slow down and pause and think through these simple things, these simple keys that we're talking about, it can make things so different. And again, the regular broadcasting is interrupted and then we're able to go into marriage and approach our spouse with a different heart that feels different. And you can't make your husband do these things, but you can So that when you do meet your maker, he looks at you and he does say, well done. Like everything I've given you, you steward that, you stewarded that well. And thank you for that. Like you glorified my name and how you walked this out. 
That's all we're responsible for, friend. Not for what your husband does or doesn't do, but what we do. And we can trust God with what he's going to do with that on the other side. So we can have a heart that is for our spouse. We can approach our husbands and we can tell them, I am on your team. I am for you. I, I just want to hear what you have to say. Like I'm on your team and I want us to be united. And we can come to our husbands with a heart of humility, owning our stuff and saying where we maybe have gotten it wrong as well. And we can come to them with a heart that desires to, to grow, that desires to admit where we're wrong, that desires to hear their experience and believe the best in them and then potentially see what God's going to do with our marriage because of that. We believe that our marriage can, can get better. And so to close today, I just want to read Romans chapter 15, verses 5 and 6 over you as just a prayer to close us out today. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same, give you and your husband the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Friend, thank you for being with us, me, and all of us listening today. I feel like we're all hanging out every week. I wish we were in person. Um, But make sure you subscribe. Send us to a friend if it's helpful. Um, Our whole goal here at A Wife Like Me is to help other wives know that they're not alone, that there are other wives like them who are struggling, who are searching for hope, who maybe don't know where to turn, and who now then will know who they are in Christ Jesus and live out of that place of love. So um, just send it to someone that you might feel needs it today. I love you so much and we'll be back next week for an all new episode. Bye friend. Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started.